Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, every day at this time on Sirius XM Channel 83, on your iHeart app, or right into your heart. That's where we broadcast on all of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates. All right, so as I predicted, two NBA playoff series came to an end. We'll play that for you upcoming. Look, I'm going to be wrong, and I'll allow you to tell me when I'm wrong and remind me when I'm wrong. And, um... My good friend John Ramos will play for you, rejoins with me being wrong time. And again, that's cool, but every once in a while I get stuff right, and I kind of got stuff right in regards to next year's NFL draft. And that's, in fact, where we'll begin. I want to give out the phone numbers because in about 10 minutes, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take your perspective. I'm going to let you call in and give me your take on the NFL draft from last night. Just, you know, kind of one-hit quitter. Um, on your team, your thoughts, your reaction. I, I have some of my own. But the overwhelming thought I had was yesterday was the Browns were going to find a way to screw this thing up. And by Browns finding a way to screw this thing up, I meant they were going to get out of the process. Look, there is no static environment. We don't, well, you know, vacuum. Things don't occur in a vacuum. I mean, except for a vacuum, then things occur. But Football teams aren't in a vacuum. And while we while we get caught up in the value selection and the stay true to your board, and 
it all depends on where you are as a franchise. Look, sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes teams will miss and misevaluate, but it's the lack of a plan that is really upsetting and the lack of perspective on where a team is and where how how they're ultimately going to get to a to a goal. Uh, I bring this thing up because like I, I'll give you an example. If you have a football team who has a new defensive coordinator, what do they all say? They all say, we're going to get after it. We're going to be aggressive. Like, if it was true that every new defensive coordinator was going to be more aggressive than the previous defensive coordinator, then by now, your defensive coordinator would send everybody on a blitz on every single snap, correct? But the truth is that you can't send everybody on every single snap, one, because you don't have the personnel, two, because it depends on who you're playing, time, down, situation, etc., right? Coaches say that to get the job or to rile you up. We're going to be more aggressive, just like coaches in basketball. We're going to play fast. We're going to get after it. Like, that sounds great. Who's your personnel? It all depends on the context of the team, which brings us to Cleveland, which brings us to San Francisco, who had not good, they had great nights last night. And you're sitting there going, wait a second, Cleveland still doesn't, Brock Osweiler's still their quarterback, they still tried to get Jimmy Garoppolo, like they did. But that's because they did not take the poison pill that was a young quarterback who had no chance to succeed this year. Look, there are there are some of you that for the life of you, you will sit there and go, hey, they screwed up not drafting Carson Wentz last year. And maybe they did. Maybe Carson Wentz becomes a superstar quarterback. It should be pointed out that most of the world outside of Philadelphia forgot about Carson Wentz after they started 3-0, and he had a very up-and-down first year in Philadelphia, which is okay because Philadelphia, remember, um, badly needed a quarterback. They did. And Philadelphia was not a playoff team last year, and they were still in kind of rebuild mode, a different spot of rebuild mode. Look, the Browns and the Niners, the Browns specifically last year, if they would have had Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz would have got hurt. They couldn't protect any quarterback they had. You fast forward to this year, and I said yesterday I thought the Browns were going to screw it up because I thought they would waste a pick on a quarterback who they couldn't protect, who he wouldn't have enough people to throw to, who they play too soon. But instead, damn, if they didn't do something really, really smart and trust the process and go Philadelphia 76ers on us and say, why would we go and take a guy in Trubisky who are not totally sold as a franchise quarterback? I mean, even the Kansas City Chiefs, they trade up and they get to number 10. They take Pat Mahomes and they ask Andy Reid, like, so is he going to start? Like, no, he ain't ready. The Houston Texans moved mountains to get Cleveland's other pick and take Deshaun Watson. And even though Tom Savage has not thrown an NFL touchdown pass, when asked about who their asked who their starter is, O'Brien said earlier today, um, Savage is our Tom Savage is our quarterback. Why? Because none of these guys are ready. And so for the Browns, who would draft a quarterback who isn't ready on good teams, definitely wouldn't be ready on a bad team. And there's better prospects either in a Garoppolo or better prospects out there uh, with a Cousins, if you could ever trade for him, sign as a free agent next year, or wait for Josh Rosen, wait for Sam Darnold.
as well as a couple other quarterbacks that are likely first-rounders that may grade out higher than any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft. Look, it doesn't mean that the Texans aren't still smart for finding a way to get a quarterback when Osweiler didn't work and Romo ditched them for TV. But it's different for where Houston is. They already have – Houston had the number one ranked defense in terms of yards allowed, and they, and they didn't have J.J. Watt last year. So, like, Houston's already got a sick defense. They already have Lamar Miller. They already have a very a, a star-wide receiver. Like, all they need is a competent quarterback who can lead a team. Like, that's all, they're a quarterback away. The Browns are so far away from being good that this is a genius move. And I thought John Lynch, same thing. Same thing with what John Lynch did. He said we're open to trading. He said we're open to taking quarter. We're open to just about anything. And then he went out and started to solidify the interior of that defense, drafting a defensive tackle from Stanford who you know is going to be productive, you know is going to be steady, you know has great upper body strength, and if you saw him in the bowl game, he was dominant. And you feel like, hey, John Lynch has never done this before, but sure seems to have a pretty good plan for how to do it. Again, it doesn't mean that it absolutely works out, but the plan makes sense considering considering the landscape of the league, the likely future of the draft with next year's draft being better, the fact that the San Francisco 49ers could have drafted a quarterback, that's not going to make them a playoff team this year. And the same thing with the Cleveland Browns. Every draft grade is different based upon the team, not just their need, but where they are and what part of their growth cycle are they? And to me, that was the story of last night. Like, I, I don't have any problem with Chicago trading up to get Trubisky, even though they have a lot of other holes. And you're like, well, they just signed Mike Glennon. Uh, their plan, obviously, is to start Glennon this year and bring Trubisky along slowly. But I, I'm not hugely bothered by their plan. But their plan and their build is different than what the Niners are doing, is different than what uh, the Browns are doing. And so I would love to sit here and tell you that I'm going to kill the Browns. Why didn't you draft Deshaun Watson? Because, dude, Deshaun Watson wouldn't be any good with the Browns this year. he just redevelop even worse habits than he has from the style in which he played in college. And, oh, yeah, by the way, if the Browns really want to draft a quarterback, they can. They can still get a Davis Webb who may not have the superior arm strength but seems to have a pretty good brain to which he could develop to maybe a starter, maybe a backup. Just get another another arm, and if that doesn't work out, you got Rosen, you have Darnold, you have next year's draft. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like ready-made. Like, hey, the Chargers went with a wide receiver. Yeah, the Chargers went with a wide receiver because they need a wide receiver. They have a veteran quarterback. They're in a different part. They're in a different Mike Williams adds to their team because they're in a different part of their growth cycle compared to other teams. Like Keenan Allen's been hurt the past two years. Travis Benjamin's more of a number three than a number two. And if Mike Williams can come in and be a big pass-catching target, you already have Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. You got Melvin Gordon as your running back. Like, that kind of makes sense. But Travis Benjamin wouldn't make sense for other teams. Just wouldn't. 
So there's a lot of players that are future picks. The Cleveland Browns and San Francisco 49ers seem to be punting the quarterback, uh, of making a quarterback change until the future. And that's different because of where they are as opposed to where some other teams are. We're going to give you a chance to give us your opinion on your team and what they did last night. Your immediate reaction, your visceral reaction, your stoked reaction, your excited reaction. 877 on Fox. A true car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I don't hate what the Chiefs did. I mean, you have a guy who either cannot or will not throw the ball downfield, but who's still solid and steady, and they have his heir apparent waiting in the wings. Like, that actually makes a, it makes a lot of sense what the Chiefs did. And it also admits to everybody that they know their quarterback has a lower ceiling than other quarterbacks. Like, Andy Reid isn't a dummy, no matter, who, no matter what he says about the quarterback position is what he does that actually matters. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let's welcome in Brady Quinn, of course, is a Fox Sports NFL analyst. And I, I wonder, Brady, when you go back, what do you remember about your draft night? Uh, well, one, one, it wasn't at night. It was early in the morning. Uh, the entire draft structure was much different. So, you know, they combined the first, second, third round all into one day, four, five, six, seven the next day. Um, so it started really, really early, and uh, it was almost nighttime by the time I got selected. But uh, it took quite a bit of time, um, you know, for me to get called out of the green room. But I mean, look, at, at the end of it, the team who I, I didn't think would have the chance at, at coming back to draft me, and the team I grew up rooting for as a young kid, the Cleveland Browns, traded back up to get me. So ultimately, it was a, a childhood dream to be drafted in the first first round by a team that I grew up watching. Why do you think it didn't work for you? Well, I think it hasn't worked for a lot of players there, not just quarterbacks. You know, I think for a lot of players in the NFL, you know, they when they don't have continuity, when there's not, you know, when the, when this thing's constantly changing out around right. them, I think it's hard for anyone to be successful. I mean, you don't have to apply that to sports. You're telling me any business environment's going to change their you know, their GM or change, you know, whoever their boss is every two years and expect to have success? change the people that they work with within their you know, division or team and expect to have success or what their job requirements are, or, or even more than that, different offenses. It's like speaking a different language. If you'd imagine going into work for two years speaking English, and then all of a sudden two years later you have to speak Spanish to everyone. I mean, that's essentially what trying to learn a new playbook is like. It's different verbiage. It's a different way of describing the play call and what you're trying to accomplish from it. And, you know, it's tough, I think, for a lot of players to deal with that, not just the quarterback or not just from right. my experience either. Yeah, so I, I ask that because um, I kind of think what they did last night makes a lot of sense. And, and I want to get, like, look, you look at the quarterback position far more in-depth than the rest of us, but in judging from what everybody's saying, like, not only none of these guys appear to be lock-solid, this guy's going to be great, but they're all kind of projects. And, look, they just don't have good enough players to throw a quarterback out there and hope that he learns on the job while there's this ever-evolving process of putting young bodies around him. And then you look at next year's draft with 
Rosen and Darnold, as well as as some others who could could creep up there high in the first round. And I feel like, look, just in the context of the Browns and maybe even the Niners specifically, they're better off loading up on surrounding talent and trying to build some consistency than putting a young guy and kind of dropping him in the deep end. Is that a fair way to look at it? I think it's fair, and there's a lot of logic to it. Um, I think the issue for the Browns is Jimmy Haslam's owned the team. No head coach has lasted more than two years. So if they can suffer being 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 this year and you know not see it as a losing season but see it as an improvement from 1-15 and 15, and they keep them around for a third year, then, yeah, I think that makes sense. But if he's all of a sudden going to be upset about it and pull the rug from out underneath everyone – then guess what? All these draft picks, Sashi Brown and Paul DePodesta are crude um, because they'll probably be gone too. They're not going to amount to anything because the next GM, the next head coach is going to come in and they're going to say, well, they don't fit my scheme. I want these guys, these players. So they're going to either force them to be in positions where it puts them out of position or they're just going to release them um, and, and then face the brunt of it and start all over again. So I think that's, that's the tough part about all of this, all of this is I think – if you're San Francisco, they're a little bit safer because John Lynch just got there, and he already looks like the darling of this draft so far by the move that he pulled on the Chicago Bears to move back one spot, still get the player he ultimately wanted, and, and really get you know, a slew of picks. So because of that, I think there's a little more patience, too, when you look at the long-term deal that they signed. Um, but you know, look, every year you can make the case that a quarterback transition to the NFL should sit for a year and learn the business and learn the defenses and learn a new NFL system. You can make that case every year. There's few guys that can walk into the league, take over for a team, and be successful right away. That's just a rarity. So I don't care if you're talking about Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, any of these guys. They all could use the development. The problem is there's less practice time now. There's no developmental league. And, you know, unfortunately, they only keep two quarterbacks on the roster. So they're really preparing one to start and one to get in there and, and be the guy to replace them. There used to be three quarterbacks, maybe four. At least one of those guys could spend a lot of time with younger quarterbacks and help develop them and kind of teach them the offense and all that. But it's just rare that you see that anymore. Brady Quinn, Fox NFL analyst, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so with that in mind, who's fit of those three quarterbacks? Because they're all appear to sit initially. Houston's saying that Savage is the guy, and then you know Deshaun Watson probably more likely to get an opportunity early, uh, maybe so more so than, than Trubisky because they have Glennon. And you know Alex Smith is solid. Obviously, it's his, the lower ceiling than what they think Mahomes has. But it pe- appears that all three are going to sit out of the shoot, and we'll see when they get to play, if they get to play in the first year. But in terms of fit, whose fit do you like best? It's tough to really pick one, uh, to be quite honest. I think Trubisky probably is the best fit, maybe. Uh, Mahomes has the best team out around him and a coach that's going to build with him and, and all those pieces, even a guy in front of him that, regardless of their relationship, as long as he just watches Alex Smith, he's going to learn how to do the right things. Um, with Deshaun Watson, that situation to me looks problemsome. They've got a really good team. Obviously, a strong defense, good weapons around him, a coach that I think is a good offensive mind, and an easy division to win to try to go into the playoffs. The problem is their offensive line isn't great. And you can talk about Tom Savage being your starter all you want. It's not an indictment on Tom Savage. It's the fact that when you trade up to take a quarterback number 12 overall, guess what the expectation is down in Houston? This is your quarterback. You remember there was all the rumors about Tony Romo. You got rid of Osweiler so you could try to find – 
cap space for Tony Romo. Well, then that didn't happen. So this is the guy now. So regardless of what Bill O'Brien wants to come out and say, this is why the front office traded up to get Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is the whole point of this offseason was to find their quarterback to help this team be more than just the AFC South division winner. So he's going to play. And, and we've seen it in years past. I mean, didn't we talk about that with Blake Bortles? Chad Henney yep. was a starter for, what, three games or so? Yep. And even with Russell Wilson, look, they, they signed Matt Flynn to a nice contract. They draft Russell Wilson in the third round. And they early on see this guy's clearly better. If Mitchell Trubisky proves to be better, even or better than Mike Glennon, they'll be okay eating that money for a one-year deal. So he's an insurance policy in case Trubisky gets hurt or something happens. I mean, they can get out of that after one year. It's $18.5 million, but you know, they can void it for two years. So you know, all these guys, I think, because of where they're drafted, because of public pressure and social media pressure, everything we see nowadays, to me, I think they're all going to get a chance early on. Mahomes well, is the only one that probably won't, but you know, there's, there's still a chance where if this team doesn't play the way it's capable of or Alex Smith doesn't play the way he's capable of, I could even see Patrick Mahomes eventually getting a shot this year. All right, uh, um, Brady Quinn joining us, Fox Sports NFL analyst. You, you still have Deshaun Kaiser available, and you still have Davis Webb, as well as a couple others available. Obviously, there's the tie in the Notre Dame quarterback, as well as your ability to to evaluate him. Uh, what's your sense of Kaiser? Because he's somebody who there have been moments to which he looked like he should be the first guy taken, but there's some other stuff going on with Brian Kelly and Notre Dame and the sense that he's immature off the football field or maybe in the locker room and leadership. What's your sense of Deshaun Kaiser and, and the likelihood he goes tonight? Yeah, well, if you're talking about ball, the kid can play. Now, he's a bit inconsistent, and that kind of displayed itself this past year. But it was also the product of who left, right? Will Fuller left first-round pick last year's draft. Ronnie Stanley's left tackle left. You know, first-round pick last year's draft. You know, Martin, another offensive lineman, C.J. Procise. They lost a lot of pieces at the bottom line. So I think that hurt him. They had a bunch of inexperienced guys out there. And then there was the kind of back and forth with the quarterback. So I don't think that's good for any quarterback psyche. So ultimately, I think it was just a tough year on him mentally. I think some of the things he said, you know, since the season ended has probably turned some heads as well and maybe soured some people on him. Ultimately, though, he's got the stature, the athleticism, the arm, the, the mechanics from a throwing standpoint. You look at what they asked him to do in their offense. I mean, everything to me shows that Deshaun Kaiser can be the best of this group. He just needs time to develop, much like everyone else. And, and he needs to be in the right system. Um, Davis Webb's another guy, though. I, I think it's kind of a safe pick for some teams. And Nate Peterman as well out of, out of Pitt. You know, I think tonight's going to be an exciting time because I think all three of those guys are going to go. And they very well could be the three guys that come out of the, this draft class that might end up being uh, the best quarterbacks in it just because they're not going to face the pressure of having to play right away like Mitchell Trubisky will, like Deshaun Watson will, and maybe those other guys get to sit and develop a little bit. If you had to bet on one quarterback being a, being a pro bowler uh, of the ones drafted or about to be drafted, give me one guy you think has the mo- the, 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 is the most likely to be successful in the league. Oh, man. That's such a tough question to answer. Um, I mean, look, I, I know where three of the guys are right now as far as what teams they're on. So, I mean, it's a lot harder to predict with Kaiser or Webb or any of those guys because I don't know what situation they're in. I personally think Mahomes, because of his upside with his arm strength and all that, and I I think he's in the best situation with a really good team and a really good coach to help him. 
So I don't think they're going to force him in right away. I mean, they're a year away from being able to get out of Alex Smith's deal after 2017. I don't, I don't, I think they have like 3.6 million or something like that in dead cap space. So uh, I think they can legitimately play Alex Smith this year and not worry about uh, Mahomes. So I think because of that, I actually think he's got the best chance long-term to kind of be the guy you're talking about. Great stuff, as always, Brady. Brady, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy your coverage of the draft and look forward to talking to you as we get ready for both the college and the pro season. Appreciate you being on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for having me on, Doug. All right, that's uh, Brady Quinn, former Domer, uh, former first-round draft pick of the Cleveland Browns. This is the Douglas Eugene Gottlieb Show. If an NFL player is bothered by the, hey, I got it, I was a diluted sample, I'm not a weed guy, I'm not a PED guy, I can't believe that I tested positive. Like, the first positive test doesn't do anything. It doesn't suspend you immediately. There's, no, there's nothing. It's a slap on the wrist. Now, it means they're going to pay attention and there'll be more drug tests in the near future, and you're in the program, but it has exactly zero effect. If you're not a drug guy, it doesn't matter. On the other hand, we're at this kind of weird place, which we I think we all know we're in a weird place where professional sports actually holds you to a higher standard of conduct. It's one of the things that people don't discuss enough about the Ray Rice deal. Like they're all they went everyone went crazy when he only got two game suspension for hitting Janae Rice, right? At the time, the two-game suspension was the longest suspension anyone had ever gotten for domestic violence. And he got nothing. He got a pretrial diversionary hearing, pretrial diversionary uh, ruling, whatever, from the New Jersey court, from Atlantic City. That's what he got. Like, as as much as you can be appalled, you're rightfully that two games for hitting a woman isn't enough, and now it's a minimum of six games. And really, if there's another video that comes out, it feels like it's almost uh, a death knell to your, your football career if it happens while you're in an NFL uniform. No one's really that bothered by the fact, or not bothered enough to really make a difference in the fact that domestic violence... There's not much punishment for it on your first offense, or even on your second offense, in comparison to what's done to you if you're a professional athlete. The same is true with with marijuana. Like personal, uh, a personal amount of marijuana has been decriminalized throughout the country and is legal in some states. And so, at this weird place to where it's like, do we really want our NFL athletes to be held to a higher standard in terms of their pain management? if that's what marijuana is used for. Take a listen to what Roger Goodell had to say about marijuana use. We look at it from a medical standpoint. So if people feel that it has a medical benefit, the medical advisors have to tell you that. And we have joint advisors. Uh, We also have independent advisors, both the NFLPA and the NFL. And we'll sit down and talk about that. But we've been studying that through our advisors. Uh, To date, they haven't said this is a change we think you should make. That's in the best interest of the health and safety of our players. If they do, we're certainly going to consider that. He said he went on to say, and by the way, I love that he has joint advisors. Like, do you think he even knew the, the double entendre to say, like, yeah, we got joint advisors? <laughs> I would love that. That's a that'd be a sound like a fun job, right? Uh, I'm sorry, Cheech and Chong have already uh, taken over as joint advisors. Actually, John Ramos has been a joint advisor for a long time. Like, yeah, that's a good joint. <laughs> John, you, has, you got cards. nothing to say he, on that, John? Well, I do. Nothing. I don't he smoke got, marijuana. He, got, so. he, 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 goes, he goes, 
Not that there's anything wrong with that, right, John? That's what no, you're nothing saying, wrong right? so, with that, no. Um, it, he, he went on to say it does have an addictive nature. There's a lot of compounds in marijuana that may not be healthy for the players long term. All those things have to be considered. It's not as simple as somebody just wants to feel better after the game. We will really want to help our player in that circumstance, but I want to make sure that the negative consequences aren't something that is something w- that will – uh, that will be held accountable for in some years down the road. So I, I actually think that's a pretty smart and sensible non-response response, right? Like people are going to freak out about it, but he didn't say they're not going to do it. He also didn't say that I know it's addictive or it's not. He said there are some, it does have an addictive nature. Mm-hmm. Excuse you, fine sir. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. What did the fox say? And now. What does the fox say? Mm, what does the fox say? Earlier today on Colin Cowherd show, the herd on Fox Sports Radio, also available on FS1, Colin said this about teams drafting wide receivers in the first round. Yesterday, everybody said, what did the Bears do? That's risky. Yeah, I didn't love what they did either. But the Titans, the Chargers, and the Bengals drafted wide receivers. Three of them went in the top nine picks. Would you say they're great-run organizations? You do realize that Bill Belichick in his entire career has drafted one wide receiver in the first round. Ever. One. Wide receivers are the convertible sports cars of the NFL. Once it gets cold and windy, you gotta put it in the garage. I don't think wide receivers translate to wins, and I think there's lots of them. Hmm. Uh, well, let's let's talk about the convertible thing. You guys ever had a convertible? That is music, no. You, music, nope. you never had a convertible? No. You're no. a California guy, never had one. Ramos, uh, I've, had a, I've had a sunroof. Does that count? Oh. <laughs> is there any more, is there any less used, um, less used item on a car or on, in anything in your life than the sunroof? Like uh, I use are, it all the time. <laughs> You're like the exception, not the rule. <laughs> like, I don't know how many people. There's a ton of people in Honda Accords right now going like, well, first of all, what's the difference between a sunroof and a moonroof? Because I have a moonroof, not a sunroof. I, I think it's about the placement more than anything. Secondly, it's literally the least used um, accessory that you can have on a car. It just is. Like of the, there are other things that you like. Everybody has it, right? They're like, hey, when you buy a new car, come in and we'll give you a demo of of all the different things you can use. I actually like it better when I don't know. I, it, it's like having a new car. Like I used to have one of those Audis, where if you press a button uh, and you're in cruise control, you can put like two or three or two or one, two or three cars in between you and the other car. So like when you drive to Vegas. Like you're cruising at like 85 as somebody hops in your lane and automatically slows down and keeps you three car lengths behind him. It's pretty uh, pretty awesome. But I didn't know I had it until I had the car for like three months. And I was like, wow, this is a cool new feature. Even that I use more than the sunroof. Anyway, no no one's ever – have you guys ever had – no one's ever had – have you ever at least rented a convertible? I did that at the Fauna 4. My son thought I was the coolest dad ever. We rented a Mustang. And he's like, Dad, can you put the top down? I was like, yes, I can. And – Crank, crank that thing down. It was really, really cool. So you guys, and nobody's ever had uh, ever had a convertible. No. The thing that he's right about a convertible, like you're much better off having a hardtop. But if you already have a really nice car, like my brother gets a freebie car because he's a coach at Oregon State. But for his third car, the one he actually uses his own money on, 
he has a convertible. He's got a little convertible Beamer. It's nothing special. He's like, you know, like, hey, it's not sunny that often in Oregon, but when it is, it's beautiful. And, like, if you ever – you just – it's an amazing feeling. So if you can do it, if you can afford it, like, yeah, have a convertible. It's the same thing with wide receivers. The three teams he mentioned were, what, San Diego, Cincinnati – who was the other one he mentioned in drafting a wide receiver yesterday? Oh, the Titans. Okay, look, they already have their quarterbacks, all three of them. And for the Chargers, the Chargers lost Keenan Allen both the last two years. Like, what's the purpose of having Phillip Rivers at this point in his career when he doesn't have anybody to throw to? He has to, old Antonio Gates knows, you know, knows how to create a window and can just post people up. We don't know how Keenan Allen's going to be. He had the spleen two years ago. He had the knee this this last year. You got to get somebody else. They went and got it. Marcus Mariota. They have a good offensive line. They have a good running game. They need wide receivers. These were need based picks. And the difference, and in Cincinnati, they already have one wide receiver. You're drafting a second wide receiver. I agree. They're luxury items, but you can buy luxury items when your house is already being paid for, your car, you already have a solid first car. He's right, and he's wrong all at the same time. That's what the Fox said. Hey, this is the Doug Gottlieb Show. You see Larry Bird's going to step down as president of the Pacers. Kevin Pritchard... uh, who's an FOD, is going to step in in his place. Pritchard, of course, previously ran the Portland Trailblazers. This is fascinating because, like, look, Bird's contract is up at the end of the season anyway. So it's not like he had five years left and he had to make a decision. or And he didn't have to make a decision. He had to make one. There's the Paul George angle to it, which everybody seems to believe that Paul George wants to be a Laker, and Larry Bird has not had not decided or had not offered up at trading Paul George. Some of the moves Larry Bird made had not not worked out particularly well, but he does have the the general general respect of the league, and so now he leaves, and there's a void, and there's the sense that with Larry Bird gone, that means that Paul George is gone as well. Isn't that the sense that everybody else gets? Like, Larry Bird was the guy standing there going, like, don't trade Paul George, don't trade Paul George. You do know that Larry Bird rights are, be, are it was something the NBA put in place so that Larry Bird could remain a Boston Celtic and get paid more there than anywhere else, right? This is a guy who the rights are named after him. Paul George's big payday was based upon those Larry Bird rights and staying in Indy. That was their piece of leverage over not trading him at the end of next season. And Larry Bird gone? Feels like means Paul George is gone. Feels like it means Paul George is gone. And maybe it also means that Larry Bird goes to goes to Orlando and starts over. But uh it feels like feels like John Fox, that relationship is Dan, you 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 said exactly what I thought. They stopped talking. Their relationship is over. It may not be over this year. It may not be till the end of the season. But when you don't tell your head coach that you're going to make a blockbuster trade to trade up and get your quarterback of the future, that that seems like something you'd want to to want to share with your head coach. And when the last guy standing on the desk saying, "Don't trade our superstar because we own his Larry Bird rights that are named after me," walks out the door, that probably means your superstar is on the move. Probably means your superstar is on the move.
This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. What was said afterwards by David Fisdale that uh, really, really made me think that maybe we're underselling the value of Kawhi Leonard. Take a listen. The thing that just makes him different is there is, I just don't know many possessions that he takes off because he plays both ends of the floor so well. And his conditioning is like nothing I've ever seen. He just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. And he finds a way to make a play, a winning play, whether it's a steal, a block, a rebound, you know, a drive pass. He made plays tonight off the dribble. You know, he's, he makes a good argument. I would say that about my own guy, too. Uh, makes a good argument is he was talking about Greg Popovich, who said that uh, he thinks Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the game. Just so you know that in uh, PER, which is a, a, rating, uh, a ratings process, in PER, Kawhi Leonard's the number one ranked player in the playoffs thus far. Better than LeBron, better than Steph Curry, much better than Russell Westbrook, uh, and better than Chris Paul. Chris Paul actually has the second highest PER. Kawhi Leonard is a 37.1, Chris Paul 33.9, LeBron 30.2. It's not actually even close in terms of how much better he is in the postseason thus far versus LeBron. Now, there's a couple of things that 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 you need to kind of point out is that yes he's a matchup nightmare as a as a 3-4 right a small forward power forward and frankly that's probably the biggest weakness to the Memphis Grizzlies right now is they don't have anybody who could guard they don't have anybody who could check them but it, is it We've all gotten to this place to where we're nodding that LeBron James is the best player on earth because he plays both ends, and yet you're having NBA coaches go like, hey, you know, I don't even know if that's actually true. Just because everybody says it and falls in line because he looks like it and he makes big plays, whatever, like, look at the actual ratings. Look at, and from our perspective, he takes fewer plays off. That's actually what was said there by Fisdale. That's actually what was said was, does he take plays off? And the answer appears to be no. And that's what's most respected in the N- in NBA circles. Completely respected in NBA circles. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.